It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you joining us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard, your host and one of the financial advisors on the show, along with my colleagues and business partners, financial advisors Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Hey, retirement receives a disproportionate amount of attention within most people's financial lives, and, and it's also a frequent topic that we hit on this show, and we're hitting it again today. We're covering the fourth key financial discipline, financial planning discipline today in this upcoming hour, retirement planning. All right, folks, it's your show. I'm assuming we're talking about retirement. It spurs a lot of people on. If you have questions, comments, concerns, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com. Give us a call, 574-222-2000. Lastly, as you know, check us out on Facebook at Wise Money Radio. You can submit a question that way or get more resources, blog posts, and all of that right there on Facebook and Twitter as well. So we're talking about t- retirement today, but it's all launching from a question from Chad. Chad's from Niles. He's age 57. How do I know if I'm on track to retire? That is a common question, Chad. Here's what he said. My wife and I recently became empty nesters and are now focusing on retiring in about eight years. My financial advisor tells me we should be on track, but how do I know for sure? And what do I need to be doing? You know, I often encourage people to get a second opinion on something that's this big of a deal, especially as you get closer to retirement. At age 57, Chad, I think you would want to know for sure that you really are on track. And assuming that your financial planner went through the right process and and really uh, looked at all the right assumptions with you, then hopefully you can have confidence that you're you're on track here. Um, but if they're just you know crunching some numbers on the back of a napkin and saying, hey, well, kind of spitballing it, saying, hey, yeah, you should be okay, that's a different different picture where or, you'd want to get a second opinion. Or what about a quick online calculator? Everything online, we want quick. We want that answer quick. And the only way to get a quick result on a retirement plan is to put in very, very little information and where there's a ton of assumptions being made. But that's not a custom fit retirement plan for you. You're looking for clarity and confidence. Yeah. If you're looking online, you're just going to get fast, but it's not going to leave you with clarity and confidence. Absolutely. And, And the issue, as I see it, if your financial advisor is just the guy that sells you investments and he's looking saying, well, you got a pretty good heap of investments there, you should be fine. That's probably not a, a retirement plan that you want to stake your future on. That's right. You know, the, the process that we prefer people to walk through is one where you're reviewing five key factors of your retirement. These are five different assumptions. If you start tinkering a little bit or adjusting these assumptions, then you're going to change the outcome potential for yourself. Yeah, they're all interrelated. That's right. There are trade-offs. If you sacrifice in one area, maybe it frees you up to enjoy uh, better assumptions or better possibilities in another. The first question is always at what age are you going to retire? Mm. This is uh, the, the first of the assumptions that you have to make. And, and it is an assumption. You know, even at age 57, you're looking out maybe a decade and saying, yeah, I'm going to retire at 67, let's yeah, say. Yeah, he said eight years he's looking at. Oh, eight it. years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, eight, eight years from now, what if eight becomes seven because of a health issue? Or a downsize at the company. That's right. 
Right. Or or maybe you get out there at the end of eight years and you decide, you know what, I'm I'm not really done. I, I'd like to keep on working. Adding one year changes everything as well for the better in that case. Yeah, I mean, you could look eight years from now, and eight years from now it could be another 2008, where yeah. the size of your portfolio is cut in half, and that decision needs to be pushed out a little bit. So the first factor is age. Josh, you said it on the age that you want to retire. But the other thing within this first factor you need to consider is life expectancy. How long, essentially, how long is your retirement going to last? Because that's going to influence how much you need to prepare or basically when you know you're ready. That's right. So when's it going to start? When's it going to end? That's how you measure how long you're really going to be dependent upon this retirement nest egg. Yeah. Right. The second factor that really goes into a good retirement plan is how much are you going to be spending in retirement? Takes a lot bigger pool of money if you're going to try to live off of $70,000 a year as opposed to $50,000 a year. Yeah. Right. That can make a huge, huge difference. Even just an extra 500 bucks a month that, uh, that, that you're going to be spending can make a huge difference. Yeah, in fact, I, I would even go so far as to say it feels like one of the most sensitive of all these five factors. You adjust up or down even just a little bit, and it can completely change the, the outcome. Are you it's kind of shocking me? to me. Are you joking? With, are you messing with me? No. I go, I go on record. Every time we talk about these five factors, I always say all five of them are important, but the most important is how much you spend. And interestingly enough, folks, that's the one you have the most control over. Yes. Yes, That's you right. do. I, I agree. And, and building the habit right now to be in control of your spending is incredibly important. Here's what yeah, a lot that, of online calculators miss. I'm sorry, Kevin. Uh, when you're just trying to plug in an answer and figure out if you're on track with added in in retirement, like long-term care or a retirement home or travel or something like that. And then what will inflation be? I saw a, a client bring in an online calculator and they were assuming 2% inflation for the next 40 years. I thought, wow, that Wow. That is pretty aggressive. Gosh, yeah. to assume that inflation's going to stay this low forever. It's overly optimistic. Oh, my goodness. Words. So you need to be careful there of not only what you're spending, but what new expenses are on the horizon and what inflation's going to do to that over your I'm life. I'm glad expense. you point out the new uh, expenses because most people, when they're doing these kind of calculations, they come up with some arbitrary number. They say, I'm going to plan to spend 80% of what I'm spending right now. Or maybe it's 75%. And it's all about, well, the the assumption that certain expenses are going to go away when you get to retirement. But as you're pointing out, there may be some new ones that are injected into your cash flow that maybe aren't on your radar screen, and they should be. Yeah, that's why you want to work on the skill of budgeting. So you you can see the kind of the before and after. And as we've suggested many times, if you have the chance at 57, now an empty nester, Hey, Chad, give it a trial run. If you think you can make it on $50,000 a year, start spending $50,000 a year and see what it feels like. Yep. Yep. You know, one of the other uh, issues that goes along with spending is how much of that spending is going to be covered by some guaranteed streams of income or some promised streams of income. Do you have a pension, in other words, mm-hmm. from your, your past employer? Are you relying upon Social Security or how are you going to draw Social Security? Yep. At what age will you draw it? Exactly. Yeah. So what your sources of income are, are going to drive what is affordable for you into retirement. It's, it's kind of a question of how, how much are the demands going to be upon your retirement nest egg right out of the gate. 
can you let your investments keep on growing for a while because you've got enough steady stream of income coming in that you don't need to touch it for a while? So the, your, your income is the third factor. The fourth factor is your contributions. And I actually put that on two sides as well. Number one is how much do you currently have saved up for retirement today? Where are you starting from? And then how much are you saving on an ongoing basis from now until you plan on retiring? That is a huge factor that needs to be added in to any projection of whether you're on track to retire. You know, if there was ever another place where you could get overly optimistic in all these five factors, it's the fifth one, and that's the investment returns that you're assuming. What level of risk are you kind of setting yourself up for, and what kind of growth potential comes with that? There are some well-known financial celebrities out there that kind of make it seem like all you have to do is just go find a good growth mutual fund and earn yourself 12%. And if you could do that, if that was as easy as it is said, then, you know, quite frankly, you're going to be a gazillionaire when you get to retirement. Life is fine. No big risk, right? In fact, maybe you don't even need to save a whole lot because your investments are carrying so much of the load for you. But the reality is that most people need to assume something much more modest in their returns, especially in retirement, because they can't stomach the ups and downs of the roller coaster ride that's being described there. Yeah, that's very well said, Josh. And I would actually play the opposite end of the spectrum as well. If you are planning on in retirement, okay, I'm done with risk. I'm going to just income investments. Well, that's going to play a big role in how much money you need to have piled up right on the edge of retirement as well. So that overall risk assumption and rate of return assumption is a big component as well. Yeah, and it's very tricky because a lot of times people come in and they want a simple answer. How much equity exposure, how much how much stocks should I have in my portfolio when I go to retire? And that is that is a custom fit answer because it depends on all of these factors including how much do I have in fixed income and other things. So there's not a there's not an easy rule of thumb that you can use for that. I, I would summarize for you, Chad, that the way you have confidence that you are on pace for this goal is did you walk through the right process of planning? We kind of breezed over it here, but it's a question of do you have confidence in the process in the process that you went through, not just in the stamp of approval that you get from a professional. We're going to talk more about that process for the rest of this hour. We've got much more coming up on retirement planning. That and more here on Wise Money with Forhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. We're so glad to have you with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard, along with Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene and First State Bank for sponsoring the content of today's program. We're diving into the fifth area of your financial life today, retirement planning. It's people's biggest goal, probably your biggest goal. We're going to help you reach it today. Uh, if you have a question, a comment, or anything else you want us to talk about, reach out to us, 574-222-2000 or wisemoneyradio.com. Lastly, thank you for your patience. If you've been submitting questions, we've got a lag here. We're going to get to them. So keep sending them. Uh, we just might not be getting them, getting to them next week. Yeah. Chad, and to your question, you said your financial advisor tells you that you should be on track. One of the things that we like to circle back to and, and at least talk about once every show is that 
financial planning is a, there's a science to it. So there are six areas of financial planning. First area is your present financial position. So that's looking at a cash flow statement and a net worth statement, knowing exactly where you stand today. And then the next area is protection planning. That's about risk management. What risks do I live with? Which ones do I transfer? And that's all the way up and down the line, home, auto, life, health, disability, all these different types of insurance. That's a way to transfer risk or you can choose to live with it. The third area is tax planning. Uh, Again, tax planning, not tax preparation. So there's a difference between tax planning and tax preparation. Planning is figuring out what are the opportunities that you should uh, use to put yourself in a better position. The fourth area is investment planning. And that is what kind of risk should you accept in your portfolio and what kind of risk do you need to accept in order to achieve your goals? The The main goals are the fifth area, which would be retirement planning. And we'll we even squeeze into that education planning. If you want to really squeeze, we throw some employee benefits planning in there as well. And then the sixth area and the cap of any good financial plan is estate planning. So that's saying where your money is going to go when you're done with it. So we've been focusing on Chad's question here about planning for retirement. We said, hey, we're going to take this entire episode today and talk about retirement planning. And we just talked about the five different factors or the main areas, the variables that you have to go through to make sure you have clarity and confidence as to when you can retire. And folks, you make a decision in one area, it's going to influence your options in in the others. So if you say, I've got to retire at 62, that's going to influence how much you're able to spend in retirement, how much you need to save up along the way, maybe even how much risk you're able to take. So hopefully that clarifies what we mean by retirement planning. Let's dive a little bit deeper and discuss the practical issues in your life or the questions that can be addressed within the area of retirement planning. So when you think about retirement planning, it's, you know, it's all about helping you know if you're on track with your retirement goal. And I actually, this past week, spent some time with a a good friend who's 42 and has sold his business. And he's saying, I'm not ready for retirement. And the the word retirement actually kind of trips him up a little bit. And I said, hey, why don't you think about repurposing? Because he's still working for the company that he sold his business to, but he's he's wondering what is next and what should retirement look like. And at 42, it's kind of tricky. And so I said, hey, listen, think of you had, you had a purpose up until the time you sold the business. What is your new purpose as you move on? So retirement planning is, yeah, actually about making the most out of each chapter in life. What should you be focused on? And financially, how do you make each chapter work and, and sustain? But there's also some just really uh, granular, very pointed questions that we hear an awful lot as well, right? I mean, I, I hear questions like... Um, how much can I afford to spend in retirement? Yep. This area addresses that. It helps answer that type of question. When can I afford to retire? Or how do I draw social security? If you're someone out there that has a pension, what do you do with that thing? Yep. Right. And, and then on top of that, you know, what, what, how should your investments be adjusted as you get either closer to retirement or further into retirement along the way? Those are real practical questions that almost everyone has that you may have as well. Retirement planning that comprehensive approach, it's not quick, it's comprehensive, it's very thorough, and it will provide those answers. How much can you spend? How should you draw Social Security? How do you draw money out of your investments? Retirement planning helps you have clarity and confidence in that. Okay, this one might seem a bit obvious, but 
Are there times in someone's life where retirement planning is more important than other times? Seems obvious. The answer might surprise you. Yeah, in fact, I I guess I would. Rather than say at the end of your career when it's time to make those final decisions and get started with retirement, I would actually start by turning your attention to the beginning of your career. Early on along the way, when you're getting established in your financial life, this is when building a strong financial base is really going to set you up to really pursue this long-term goal or kind of struggle and maybe tread water for a long time because you just don't have um, that foundation built. I'm talking about uh, making sure that you have an actual financial plan built for your life. You have an emergency fund in place. Make sure that your consumer debt is wiped out and that you've uh, also got a game plan to avoid consumer debt. You get all of those things in place, and now all of a sudden this retirement goal starts looking more and more obtainable. The sooner that you can get started uh, saving for this goal, the less uh, work it's going to be, the less sacrifice it will be going into your investment accounts. To reach your retirement goal, Kevin, you've said this, you often need time and money. At the beginning of your career, you've got time, but you don't have much money. At the end of your career, hopefully, you've got money, but you have less time. Well, you need them both. And so I would also, I mean, I, I think the, the common answer, and it's critically important, is you need to start focusing on retirement 10 to 15 years and really get dialed into the details before you actually want to take the plunge. But you've got to have a vision and start working towards retirement at the very beginning of your career as well. And even when you're getting started in building that vision, at the very least, start immediately in your career taking advantage of any free dollars, any employer match that could be contributed to your accounts for you so that you're not doing, you're not the only person saving for your retirement. Get your employer involved right out of the gate. And then the obvious answer, and Kevin, you brought this up before the show as we were talking about it, is if you're within five years of retirement and you've never had a comprehensive plan done to see if you're on track, you need it. You, you need yep. that. And we've had, just Kevin has had several instances where folks have done very well financially and, you know, uh, and, and, and have amassed a certain amount of money, but they're getting closer to retirement and finally just capitulate and say, I need a plan. You know, I really don't know for sure. We need to go through these details. Can you help me go through these details to see if I'm on track? And it just goes back to that clarity and confidence piece. Absolutely. And one of the things you know for sure is that your retirement planning goal is just going to change. You know that. I am 48 and I had planned to retire at 50 when I started in this business. And you know what? I'm not going to retire at 50. And there are a lot of good reasons why I'm not going to. Uh, One of them is I enjoy what I'm blessed to be able to do and I'm having way too much fun. But I've got kids in school and it's, it's really impractical to retire or to repurpose my life at 50. And so you look at that and you say, and we have folks coming in saying, hey, I'm 53. I was going to retire at 55. That hasn't worked. I need to know now what I need to do to be able to retire at some point in time. And this is where we say, yeah, you need, you, you want to work uh, with a guide. But I, I think, you know, the, this, the original question that you had asked, Mike, is, is there a certain time that you should uh, in your life where you should start with your retirement plan. And I think if you're 25 right now and you don't have a vision here, uh, let me help you with that. Think about what the 65 year old you would say to the 25 year old you right now. 
And the 65-year-old you was saying, hey, man, we need some money. We need the money. So what you want to do is start saving money. Start saving right out, of, right out of the gate. Make it a habit. Josh said don't leave any employer money on the table. And I would tell you, whether your employer matches or not, get your 15% in the employer plan. Uh, that's your money. When you leave, you take it with you. Yep. A lot of people, as we're talking to them about how much they're saving for retirement, they say, yep, I'm doing, I'm doing the match. Or I'm, <laughs> I just blew it. I just hit my cards. I'm doing the maximum I'm allowed to do. And you probe further and they say, yeah, I'm doing 5% because my company matches on 5%. No, you need to figure out how much you should be doing for your own situation. And for a lot of folks, it's 10 to 15%. And the other little Jedi mind trick is you say, well, yeah, I'm saving 5% and my wife's saving 5%. So we're saving, we're saving 10. 10. Right. Yeah, be careful like for that, that one. Man. But a comprehensive plan will help give you the answer and the clarity that you're seeking. So, okay, we're just scratching the surface on this whole retirement planning gig. It's critically important, a lot of details to cover. We're going through a lot more. And then we've got more questions, more of your questions about retirement coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Good morning, folks. Thanks for spending part of your morning with us. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike Bernard. I'm here with Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Special thanks to Bethel College of Dalton Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett and the Inspired team at REMAX 100. I know that housing market is heating up. Diane and her team is there to help. Uh, all right, we've been talking about the fifth area of your financial life. It's retirement planning, the granddaddy of them all, if you will. And there's a lot of factors, a lot of issues that go into it. We've been un- unpacking Chad's question and really going deep into what you need to consider and focus on within retirement planning. We're going to be hitting a few more questions coming up about drawing Social Security, how to draw money out of your investments, and really good stuff here. Where we left off, though, is we're talking about retirement planning. Kevin's already said there are six areas to everyone's financial life. So when you're thinking about retirement, is there another area or two of your financial life that you really need to focus on as well as retirement? Yeah, I think you could talk to three different certified financial planners and get three different answers. Well, two of them would be wrong. (laughs) Is that foreshadowing here? (laughs) So here we go. Let's give you the right answer. And the right answer is really, if you're going to get your retirement plan right, the, the, the part that you really have to have sharpened up is your present financial position. So that means that you know what you've got. That's your net worth statement. Take what you own minus what you owe. So I know what I've got. And that lets you track your progress on an ongoing basis. So you know, am I making the right progress towards my goal? And then the other thing is, what is your spending like? And, and your budget is what helps you uh, figure out what will I need in retirement based a little bit off of what do I have today. But it also that skill serves you well when you start to lack confidence when you get into retirement, whether the market's shaky or something else happens that you feel is out of control. If you have the skill of being able to control what you spend, you, most folks are able to navigate almost anything that comes their way. Okay, so I, I agree that answer was right. I have one that's just a little more right. And it is, it's your 
protection planning. Oh, come on, Josh. Stop looking at my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mike. Um, You you know, at retirement, the game completely changes on how you structure the various types of insurance. You know, maybe life insurance becomes less important for a lot of people because they don't need to replace a paycheck if, if one spouse passes away. Disability is no longer as relevant because you have Theoretically, you've completely stopped working at that point. But now all of a sudden, long-term care insurance could become an issue later on in retirement, but you have to have your game plan in place before you get to retirement, typically. And then we have the the age-old issue of how are you going to structure your health insurance in retirement? What type of Medicare structure are you going to put in place? These are all insurance uh, decisions that you have to make in the context of your retirement plan. Well, the other tricky thing is both of those really play a huge role through the decades of your retirement, but you're making decisions about them either right before or right when you retire. So you're making huge decisions that you really can't change and you're going to live with it for 30 years. The other thing I'd mention is when we go back to those five factors, we talked about how spending, a really wise person said spending is the most important of those five factors. (laughs) And you need to be conscious of what things are gonna crop up that are new expenses in retirement. Long-term care insurance premium is one of them. Health insurance is another one. Most of us are used to having our health insurance premium taken right out of our paycheck and you just live on what you get. Well, not so in retirement. You've got a budget for that out-of-pocket medical expense, so. All right, good stuff. Okay, lastly, before we get to uh, more listener questions, what about recent trends in the area of retirement planning? As people are planning for this goal to retire someday, have recent events made that easier, more difficult? How has it influenced how people plan for it? I'd give you two or three here. Uh, One is that the investment strategy for today's retirees may seem very different than a generation prior. It used to be that when you get close to retirement, you ease off on the stock market and maybe even completely abandon the stock market and just load up on bond investments to kick off interest to you. That doesn't work in an environment where interest rates are absurdly low, artificially low, as they have been for the past uh, many years here. So the, the, the strategy on how you structure your investments is one trend that has really been changing. Another one is uh, it used to be that more people could rely upon a pension to generate income for them in retirement. Now more and more, you've got to build your own retirement nest egg using a 401k or other accounts uh, along the way to provide income for you. Your employer's not doing it for you like uh, prior generations may have. That's a great segue into the right answer, which is... One trend. No no laughter? Nothing? Okay. So, uh, oh, Josh is mad. I still have a third one here. <laughs> no, I'm taking it. People are living longer. We're, li- we're all living longer. Uh, and you got so it wrong. When, when people's pensions are going away, which is a guaranteed lifelong form of income, and you're living longer, gosh, folks, planning for retirement is getting more difficult. Absolutely. And that that kind of leads us into the right answer, which when you're when we're looking at trends, the Affordable Care Act made it so that you could retire before 65. Most still folks, have health insurance and still have health insurance. Most folks were looking at that saying, hey, I've got to work till at least uh, 63 and a half, which will put me 18 months uh, within the age of 65. I can go on COBRA and I'll have health insurance. 
And before that, the trend was my company has retiree medical benefits. And a lot of companies used to, and that was a guaranteed promise that they would never revoke until they took that away from everyone. <laughs> so, so, that, so, so it has changed, and it's quite possible that it will change again before uh, the end of this year or into next year. Sure. So I would keep my eye on that bouncing ball because health insurance is a big deal. So check this out. In 2002, the average retirement age was 59, and now it's up to 62. That trend is moving higher, actually, and I think that trend's going to keep on going. Most people are targeting age 65, maybe for the reasons that you just shared, Kevin, but they're actually retiring a few years earlier right now, and it's often because of health. We've talked about that on the show before, Uh, but I think that trend's going to keep on creeping up, especially as the full retirement age for your Social Security just keeps getting pushed out further and further. Yeah, and, and the, the one of the trends that I would say as well is looking at how I'm going to draw my Social Security because mm-hmm. a lot of the options that people had prior to November of 2015, those aren't options anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's in a, in a way it's simplified it, but it's changed it to where a lot of folks are looking at saying, hey, I'm going to let my benefit grow uh, until 70 and take it then. All right. That's a, that's a pretty good segue into the next uh, question from a fan of the show, Jerry from Edwardsburg, still on the theme of retirement planning, what we've been talking about the whole hour. But here's what he asked. What's the best way to draw income from my investments when I retire? Are you supposed to shift your money into bonds and live off of just the interest? Or is there is there a different way and, and I think this lines right into the trend discussion because interest rates have gotten so low that the idea of, yep, when I reach retirement, I'm going to shift all my money to bonds and that'll provide enough income for me to live. I think with interest rates so low, that's hard to do. Second, because people's pensions are gone, essentially, they've got to save up more. They need more income coming in. So you've got these two kind of converging forces here that that idea is kind of out the window. Most people, what you need to do is you need to sit down with a certified financial planner and look at your entire nest egg, actually walk through all five factors to build a retirement plan, and then figure out, okay, how much do you need per month? What percentage of your overall portfolio is that? Is that a sustainable pace? And then structure it to come out of a certain specific account, and preferably an account that's not taking a ton of risk so you're not selling more shares when the market's low. The only thing I would add to that, just uh, to support exactly what you said, if you were to lock yourself into those income-producing investments, those bond investments, let's say you could get 3% on your money, and you need to go generate an extra three grand a month to, su- to supplement your Social Security or your pension or anything, you need $1.2 million invested at 3% in order to generate that kind of income. And that kind of income would just be flat for 30 years, potentially. No inflation. You're right. That's right. right. So life's going to keep getting more expensive, and keeping up with that inflation, as you mentioned, is, I I think, a big part of the story problem that you're facing. Yeah. We've got a question coming up here from Susan about how to draw Social Security. And Kevin mentioned that some of those strategies that some people were relying on to help fund their retirement are going away. That's exactly what her question is. And we've got that and more all in the vein of helping you retire with confidence. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran & Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Good morning, folks. Thanks for being with us this morning. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Kevin Corhorn and Joshua Gregory. Listen, if you missed anything, we've been talking about the biggest goal for most of you. It's retirement planning. So I turn you to the podcast on iTunes. You can subscribe. I know a lot of people do. and uh, Or you could check us check out previous episodes, even this one, on wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit a question that way as well. Lastly, stay tuned, stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at Wise Money Radio. For more content, you can submit questions that way as well. So we've been talking about retirement. We've talked about the five factors that are all interrelated. If you're trying to get clarity and confidence in whether you can retire something that high stakes, I would encourage you to go through that very thorough process with a certified financial planner and to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row and you know exactly the practical steps you need to you, you need to take in order to be on track. We just answered a question from Jerry about how to draw money out of in, out of his investments. Susan is 66. Her question's next. My financial advisor had told me about a way to draw my Social Security called File and Suspend. But when I went to sign up for Social Security, they said I couldn't do that. What should I do? Well, Susan, I would tell you first and foremost... The Social Security Administration sounds like they're wrong, actually, because uh, if you were age, you and your husband were age 62 by, was it 1231 of 2015? So it's just over a year ago. If you both were 62 by that time, file and suspend. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I was thinking uh, her question was restricted application. Mm. File and suspend. You're right. That one is wrong. Uh, that one's gone. That one was passed part of that same um, measure at that time, but that one was gone last April, I believe. The restricted application is the one I was referring to. So your financial advisor is wrong about the or is right about the file and suspend. But if you're age 66, you might want to consider restricted application, which is still available if you were age 62 on 12:31 of 15. Yeah, keep those uh, Social Security questions coming. It's our favorite way to play what we call stump the host. And uh, Susan, nicely done. It is, it, it is so it is so complicated yep. and confusing. That is why you want to work with a, a certified financial planner. But I, I would tell you, Susan, uh, a lot of times people say, "What's the, how do I maximize my Social Security benefit? And, and just so you know, 65 is your full retirement age, most likely. 66 is your full retirement. There you go. Wow, it's spreading. It is. Spreading. It's I'm not even going to touch this question. So 66 <laughs> is your full retirement age. So people look at their uh, Social Security benefits statement and they say, well, I have to be done working at 66 because that's my full retirement age. And I would tell you that, no, your benefit is going to keep growing until you're 70. So if you've set aside a pool of resources that you can live on between 66 to 70, or if you're able to keep working or do something else, that benefit will keep growing. So you don't have to take it at 66. That's right. And and that essentially was the strategy originally when they thought they were going to be able to yeah. do this file and suspend. It was, uh, how do we get at least some dollars coming in and let some other social security benefits continue to grow? 
uh, recognizing that every year that you'll delay your Social Security, it's going to increase by 8% for you. And so I, I wouldn't abandon that philosophy or that strategy. You may need to be doing some retooling on where your income is going to come from while you wait for your Social Security to keep on building. But uh, this is very countercultural, by the way. Your peers are not thinking this way, most likely. The, the average retiree is drawing right around 62, as early as they possibly oh, yeah. can. So the fact that you even have this on your radar screen and you're thinking about how do I maximize it over my very long lifetime, is what we're assuming, um, is fabulous. And I, I applaud it. Uh, I, I would have you looking at things like your IRAs or, or 401k dollars as a way to bridge the gap or um, you know get you the income you need while you're waiting for Social Security to kick in at a higher level down the road. And despite completely butchering the start to that, I would consider the restricted application. It seems, and Susan, I don't know how old your husband is, but you guys might be eligible for that, which is a way to get some Social Security income started while you're still allowing yours to grow at 8%. So consider that. But uh, okay. Thanks for the question, Susan. No more Social Security questions from you guys. That's it. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. Next question is from Don from South Bend. I've been retired for a couple of years and need to start my required amount out of my 401k. We start taking my required amount out of my 401k. What's the best way to do that so I don't pay too much in taxes? So what he's referring to is something we refer to as required minimum distribution. And when you reach age 70 and a half, actually, by April of the year after you turn age 70 and a half, technically, you need to start taking a certain amount out of your pre-tax retirement accounts does not apply to your Roth IRA, but would apply to pre-tax 401ks, IRAs. How do you avoid, or how do you do that without paying too much tax? That's an interesting question. Well, I would point out, um, first of all, one requirement that if you do start drawing dollars straight out of your 401k, they're going to withhold right off the top, send it straight to the federal government on your behalf, whether you want them to or not, whether you need them to or not, 20% just right off the top. Now, if that's overkill and it turns out that you're not in a high enough tax bracket to justify such a heavy uh, cut off the top, then you'll get those dollars back when you file your your taxes. But effectively, what it means is you've pulled out uh, a chunk of dollars, you're paying tax uh, potentially on more than is really necessary, Um, especially if you're pulling money out based on, I need a certain amount of income as opposed to this required distribution that you're referring to. So generally, we would recommend that people consider rolling those dollars over to an IRA where you have maximum flexibility on how you do the tax payments on your distributions. Yeah, and I've got maybe a, a fun story, at least for financial nerds, about how you would make sure you're not paying too much taxes. So it's a great question, Don. And we were working with a, a new client, and they came to us in their 70s, and they still had about 400,000 in their 401k. And so the 401k, the record keeper and the TPA, all these folks, they calculate how much needs to come out and they sent it out. They did the withholding like Joshua said. But the interesting thing was, is that within this 401k, there was a big chunk of after-tax money. Mm-hmm. So the, the, Required minimum distribution was calculated on pre-tax and after-tax money. So one of the things that we did is we said, hey, let's roll the, the money 
out of your 401k. Let's take the after-tax money and put it in a Roth IRA. And there's no such thing as a required minimum distribution for your Roth IRA. The Roth IRA is like a 24-karat gold Cadillac. So let's do that. And now let's take the pre-tax money, put it in IRA, and your required minimum distribution will be considerably less. And and the other thing, because we deal with folks um, that eventually leave this earth and leave their money behind, I'm telling you, you want things as financially as simple as they can be, not not past the point where it starts to damage you financially, but right up to the point where it might hurt. You know, one other thing, if you really want to mess this up and pay a whole lot of tags unnecessarily, <laughs> just miss the required distribution oh, one yes. year or two years. The penalty on not pulling the money out like you're supposed to is 50%. of what you were supposed to pull out, that's on top of any taxes that you were supposed to pay or end up paying anyway. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to figure out what I did in what year. And so you say, well, okay, it's now 2017. Did I do that last year? And I talked to a a client who is retired and 75, and and, uh, he said... It, you know, time really flies. He said, it feels like every 15 minutes I'm eating breakfast. <laughs> and, and so you think about that and you think, well, how in the Does world? Does he have dementia? Uh, um, not, uh, I Probably on par with what I have. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right. um, but I mean, really, when you look at that, you think, okay, do I, did I do it last year? Who's doing this for me? Who's in charge of this? So it's kind of a financial weight that's on your shoulders. And I would encourage you, if you are at all a delegator, to get these financial weights off your shoulder, put them on on the shoulders of your certified financial planner and their team and let them serve you like that. I'd mentioned two other things, Don, to answer your question. I would start doing Roth conversions when you're younger. So, Don, that doesn't necessarily apply to you, but tell all your friends, start doing Roth conversions because, as Kevin mentioned, you don't need to do uh, RMD from a Roth IRA. And then second, consider something called a qualified charitable donation right out of your IRA. Ooh, that's great. RMD does count for qualified charitable donation. So great question. Great tax question, folks. It's that time of year. All right. That's all the time we have, folks. Thanks for listening today on behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.